0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. This is Lock It In, a
1: sports betting show, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And now, here's your host, Cam Rogers.
0: This is Lock It In with Cam Rogers right here on Believe I Am Cam Rogers. Thank you so much for tuning into the program here as I discuss plenty of football for the next hour. Thursday night football preview, my prediction there. I will discuss the Buccaneers taking on the Ravens. 49ers insider Tracy Sandler will join me to talk about the 49ers acquiring Christian McCaffrey and what that means for this team going forward. Plus, I predict every single Week 8 NFL game. Stay tuned for that. Along with my best bets for this week's PGA Tournament, the Butterfield Bermuda Championship this week. I will talk about all of that here on the program. Follow me on Twitter, at mr rogers 99 and on instagram at mr rogers 98 let's get to my thursday night football preview ravens bucks the bucks are getting a point and a half in this one this game features two teams with sputtering offenses right now both of these teams have stunk against the number so far this year Tampa Bay, two and five ATS. Baltimore, two, four, and one ATS. Brady hasn't been bad so far this year, but the problem is this Buccaneers offensive line cannot pass protect at all. So Brady can't let these long routes develop on the outside for these big explosive plays. So he's just really. Throwing it to Leonard Fournette and the short passes to Chris Godwin, his average depth of target is 7.8 this season, by far the lowest of his career. So with that, the Ravens know this. They can blitz all night long in this matchup. I know the loss of J.K. Dobbins hurts for the Ravens, but Gus Edwards is more than capable of carrying the load here in the backfield. And the Buccaneers defense has been inconsistent. So with that, I'm going Baltimore to cover minus one and a half. All right, coming up on the other side, my conversation with Tracy Sandler. We talk about everything NFL and 49ers. Keep it right here on Lock It In with Cam Rogers and welcome back to lock it in with cam rogers joining me right now is tracy sandler 49ers reporter and host of the tracy sandler show on believe of course one of our featured hosts on the network tracy how are we
1: I am good. How are you doing, Cam?
0: Doing great, doing great. I haven't seen you virtually or in person since the Super Bowl, so it's great to catch up with you. (laughs) I know, that seems like so forever ago. It's been a while. Especially because we
1: talk so frequently. We do. That's why that's even crazy. We've been
0: pen pals and phone call pals, but uh, Mm -hmm. now we're here on Zoom together and, of course, talking a lot about the NFL, in particular the 49ers. So let's start there, Tracy. Obviously, the blockbuster trade that went down a week ago. Christian McCaffrey, now a member of San Francisco. And I just want to start with your initial reactions when you saw your phone light up or if somebody on the inside called you and you heard the news, what was your reaction?
1: Well, it's funny. I actually walked into my house after getting back from being in the Bay for Wednesday and Thursday practice and thought, oh, OK, I have a couple of days at home before I go back Saturday night for the game. And then my phone lit up. And I was like, and my first thought was I got to book a flight back tomorrow morning. That was the first thing I thought. And then I thought, wow, this is, this is a big trade. I, it's, I get the trade. I understand it. Christian McCaffrey is an incredible talent. He provides a lot of dynamic elements to the offense. He probably will help them score points and all of the things. And we saw it on Sunday in a limited capacity that we saw him in. We saw what a difference it makes, but I also thought this team is not a running back away from getting to the Super Bowl. Mm. This team is dealing with a number of injuries on defense. This team is all of a sudden quite depleted at corner. And I would have thought that's where they may have gone, but they went with McCaffrey. They obviously love McCaffrey. They loved him when he was a rookie coming out of college, and it just wasn't in their plans to draft him at the time. So we'll see.
0: You know, it's interesting. You look at the running back room in a Kyle Shanahan offense, and I feel like sometimes he goes with the bell cow route, like 20 to 25 touches for one guy, and sometimes he mixes and matches a little bit. No Eli Mitchell so far. He's been on IR. Jeff Wilson has been pretty solid in relief, but is McCaffrey going to be that bell cow? Like I'm talking 30 to 35 touches a game for San Francisco, or maybe not so much.
1: Well, I think they have the benefit of a Jeff Wilson. And in theory, Eli Mitchell is coming back. Uh, We are almost at the two month mark of when they thought he would be back. So they have the luxury of being able to use Christian McCaffrey as RB one, but also be able, being able to use him as the dual threat. I mean, if, if Debo Samuel is a wide receiver running back, Christian McCaffrey is a running back wide receiver. And so They have the luxury of being able to use him in a variety of ways. I don't know that they want him to have 20 to 25 touches a game just for durability's sake. Mm. And he's been very healthy this year. I think he played 85% of the snaps in Carolina, but the 49ers can be a little bit careful with him while still utilizing him in a way that makes their offense as dynamic as it can be.
0: All I know is Kyle Shanahan is definitely licking his lips at just utilizing McCaffrey in this offense. It's going to be interesting to see. I want to go further down the line of what we were talking about here in terms of McCaffrey not being the magic pill. That was your quote, actually, uh, magic bullet uh, recently on Twitter in terms mm-hmm. of actually sending the 49ers to the Super Bowl or something along those lines. And you mentioned that they have other issues. Let's talk about those issues. What sticks out to you that is number one on the issue list, if you will, that could hold this team back?
1: Well, I'm going to, I have a one a and one B, but I'll start with one a being that the 49ers defense, the first month of the season was, was pretty spectacular. And the only thing they were really able to do was beat themselves. That will go to my one B in a minute. But in the first five games of the season, I believe the 49ers defense gave up 61 points in the last two, they've given up 72 points. That is says something and what that says is injuries i mean they have a lot of injuries you know when they went against the falcons a couple weeks ago they started the game without six defensive starters they finished the game without seven defensive starters mm-hmm. they got some guys back but they're still without eric Armstead. the 49ers said they're hopeful he'll be back this sunday to me that is far from a guarantee that he will be javon kinlaw is currently on short-term ir Emmanuel Mosley, who I think very well may end up being the biggest loss of the season on the de- on the defense is out for the season at corner. He tore his ACL against the Panthers. Charverius Ward came back, but he'd been dealing with a groin injury. So the injuries certainly have contributed, but the guys who are out there are now going to be the guys who are out there. And so that to me becomes a real issue. They gave up over 500 yards to the chiefs the other day. Yes, it's the chiefs, but that's a lot of yards to be giving up to any offense. So they're going to have to kind of shore that up and figure that out because in Emmanuel Mosley's absence, you have Diamandor Lenore coming in and playing corner and Diamandor Lenore no of disrespect to him. And he's made a pretty big jump from year one to year two, not Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, So that I think is the big thing. And so it'll be interesting to see as we get closer to the trade deadline, is there anything they can do? You can't just find quality corners off the street right now. Mm -hmm. So I can understand why maybe they felt like, all right, we're going to go, with McCaffrey because maybe McCaffrey helps us, or I think the hope would be helps us score so many more points that it can maybe make up for some of the injuries we're seeing on defense. But that's a that's a tough game to play. 1B, meaning the things they're doing to themselves in all of the losses. And you could take the Chiefs' loss out and say, well, it's the Chiefs. But the way that the loss was similar to the other three were all of the self-inflicted wounds. They had 10 penalties in that game. They had three turnovers. And that is what they've been doing. In that Bears game, the defense played great, but they had twelve penalties, two of which came on third and long and extended drives for the but Bears. But the
0: rain, Tracy, the rain. <laughs> yeah, I, the rain. I don't get. Everybody has to play in the same uh, weather. So I never funny.
1: get that. When everyone's like, I mean, and it, you know, and then there, it was like a monsoon. I'm like, but both teams had to play in the monsoon. Right. It's not like the Bears didn't have to play in it. Even playing field, right? Yeah, everybody had to play in the monsoon. So there was that. And then that was the issue in Denver. Oh, and let's me forget the safety this past Sunday and the safety in Denver. So these are the mistakes that they can control that they're going to have to clean up because you can make the argument, well, they can get away with those mistakes against certain teams, except they can't they lost three games to teams that they absolutely shouldn't have should have beat. I mean, this is a team of three and 14 that should absolutely be six and one or five and two Now they find themselves in a very similar position to last year when they were three and five and they ended up going to the NFC championship game, but there are some real issues on this team. And unless Christian McCaffrey can play corner and D line and also teach everyone not to play sloppy, he's not going to be the thing that fixes it.
0: Well, I will say this, that the fact the 49ers made this deal and acquired Christian McCaffrey tells me that they are Setting their sights on a Super Bowl appearance, Absolutely. maybe a deep run in the playoffs, something and along they've those lines. And they
1: said that. I mean, they, well, yeah. Sean Lynch and Kyle Shanahan said, like, we told our guys, this is a testament to how we feel about this team and being all in. It's just, they're not a running back away. And I've been saying this a lot. They traded for Emmanuel Sanders in 2019, but at that point they were 6-0 and and potentially a wide receiver away from getting to the Super Bowl in a very different position this time.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So, just to put a bow on all of this, as we stand right now here in Week Eight, Tracy, are the Forty ers a legitimate Super Bowl contender? Well, I think
1: the Forty ers have the benefit of playing in the NFC, so almost everybody is a <laughs> legitimate Super Bowl contender. Everybody's, in, it. On Everybody's, Everybody's in on the party. Everybody's. No, I think they are a legitimate Super Bowl contender because, and, and partly because they are in such a weak conference, and there's so much talent on that team. And because we did see them last year go from three and five where they looked terrible. I mean, they went they, three and five after that Arizona game. And I was thinking, I wonder if I can start booking a vacation in like mid-January. And then like, <laughs> obviously they went on this like crazy run. So we know they can do it. A lot of the same guys are there. So they are a legitimate Super Bowl contender, but they're going to have to clean up some of these things or it will be an early packing in January.
0: All right, let's go a little bit more macro here and talk the NFC West, which currently is wide open mm-hmm. and the Seahawks are in first place somehow okay. four and three. <laughs> so if you had to sort of break out the crystal ball here, who do you think actually wins that division crown? And then two part question, will there be a wild card team out of that division? Do you think
1: that's a very good question? Um, I think as we get into November, December, I I, I do think we see the 49ers start to play better. And historically under Kyle Shanahan, they have done that. Even in the years where they were good, which have not been many, but even in the years they were really good. And that was not a knock on Kyle Shanahan. That's just circumstantial. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I think we do see them start to play better this game Thursday against the Rams kind of, to me, this is going to sound, this might sound really super crazy in crystal ball. I'm sorry, Thursday, this game's Sunday. I don't want everybody to be confused. Be like, wait, what? My tickets say Sunday. <laughs> um, This game Sunday against the Rams, perhaps decides the division winner. Because right now, you know, the 49ers that beat the Seahawks, 49ers that beat the Rams, if they beat the Rams twice, I think that they potentially could become the division winner. But I think here come the Seahawks too, who are playing well who who Gino Smith I'm sorry what like what is going let on Let Gino here? cook. The, let Gino cook and the man is cooking like with gas. So I don't know. I mean I think if I had to take a pick right now I say San Francisco wins the division but it's we're going to see a lot over these next few weeks in terms of if there'll be a wild card team out of the division. Yes, I believe that there will be. I don't know I think it'll either be the Rams or the Seahawks.
0: Okay. It's not going to be the
1: Cardinals. That much I can tell you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the Cardinals, they've been pretty rough so far this year. Speaking of rough, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Bucks and Packers here, Tracy. I mean, what is going on in the NFC right now? The Packers just lost to the Commanders and Taylor Heineke. So what do you make of Green Bay and Tampa Bay here? And I'll just ask you, do you see Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady both missing the playoffs? Do one of them make it? Do they both make it? How does this all shake out?
1: You know, it's interesting. I think the Packers, they lost Devonte Adams, and that was a pretty big deal. I don't know if they didn't think it was going to be that big a deal. I don't know if they had a lot of choice in the matter, but I think it's been a pretty big deal. I also kind of wonder if we're seeing these years of Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. I've never, if you read between the lines, and maybe this is total conjecture on my part, I've never felt that these two were entirely on the same page, hmm. and I think maybe we're seeing that. I mean, there was even a quote I saw a couple weeks ago where I think Aaron Rodgers said he wanted to see the offense be a little bit more up tempo and play faster. And someone asked the floor about it, and he was like, "I don't know what that means." And I was like, "Oh, well, that's not we're not off to a great start on this." That game, ain't right? great. Yeah. That ain't great. So I'd have to go back for the exact quote. But the point being, these two were definitely not on the same page, and the Packers look bad. And they really do. They look bad. So, you know, I think with who's going to make the playoffs because there are so many more teams now. And again, going back to our conversation about the NFC, I think the Packers are very much still in it, but I would certainly not be surprised if they don't make the playoffs. Then you look at the Buccaneers and I never bet against Tom Brady. I love Tom Brady go blue. Uh, And I never bet against Tom Brady, but something with quarterbacks is when it goes bad, it goes bad fast. And things are not going well in Tampa. And I don't know how much the personal issues are part of it. I don't know how much of it is the fact that the man is 45 years old. So in fairness to him, there does come a point. Um, But things are not looking good there too. If I were to pick one of the two teams making it, I'd say it's the Packers. But I also never bet against Tom Brady. So don't tell him I said that. Uh, But I think if I were to pick one of the two teams playing it against the Packers, but also I think we're all, we're seeing like the league's changing and that happens. And now you have like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and all of these other quarterbacks and granted they're in the AFC, but I'm just saying like the league is changing and uh, Rogers and Brady have had tremendous careers, but it's cyclical. And there comes a point and you have these other teams and you look at the giants and you look at the Eagles and I mean, who would have thought honestly in the preseason it's like, yeah, the giants and the Eagles are really the teams to watch, but they are. And the Vikings are really coming on strong. And so I think we're seeing some of these younger quarterbacks that in the first year or two struggled and everybody was ready to write them off. And then you look as, as happens, practice and game time does make perfect and things are changing. So um, I wouldn't be shocked if they both don't make it, but if I had to pick one of them,
0: I would pick the Packers. Just the because. tectonic plates are shifting. In they the are. The tectonic, right
1: the tectonic plates, yeah. it's good jalen hurts world and we're just living in it
0: absolutely talking with tracy sandler here founder of the fangirl sports network tracy sandler show here on believe 49ers insider i want to ask you about tom brady real quick here in terms of will this be his last season obviously a lot of talk out there tracy about the personal storylines going on with brady and giselle and what have you maybe we put that to the side maybe you bring it in here to this conversation but is this it for him
1: it's so hard. You know, I know he said that retirement is not in his near future. I took that as more because I think there were people who felt like maybe he'd retire midseason, which he obviously would not do. I think if they continue to play like this, yes, this is it for him. I mean, it's too bad because really last season when he retired for a minute the first time, he would have really gone out on top. He'll always be Tom Brady. He'll be the GOAT. No one, no one's going to look at this season and thinks it, think it takes away from his career. Right. And if they do, I'm sorry, they're just very wrong. But he had an opportunity to go out a year out of winning a super bowl. He had that game against the Rams. He almost brought them back and it, and they did not lose because of him, you know, that was so incredible. And what a way to go out. And now things have been really rough. So I would imagine. And if you look back, he used to say he wanted to play till he was 45. So he's 45. So I think there does come a point. Um, and I also think if we did take the personal stuff and who knows what to believe or not to believe, but you know, 13 years of marriage and two kids and a stepson that's really close to the whole family and all of the things, like, you know, maybe a deal could be made that, okay, if this is really it, we can make this work. And that feels, that feels worth it. If that's in fact the truth, which of course none of us really know.
0: Right, there's a lot of conjecture out there as far as Tom Brady and his personal life right now. So we'll see what happens going forward. I want to talk about all of the fun that's happening in the empire state right now tracy i mean the jets the giants the bills let's focus on the giants here because everybody's saying they are the worst one win one lost team in like nfl history with like the current record what we're talking about Mm -hmm. here with the giants um in terms of like dvoa and all this good stuff so with that what do you make of them brian dable and are they a legitimate super bowl contender or is that too far
1: I mean, they may be the worst one loss team, but they've only lost one game. And here's my thing. Good football teams find a way to win games. And I say this when I've cut co- the years of covering the 49ers, they would snatch um, loss from the jaws of victory. I think I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm trying to say the opposite, you know, like snatching Victor Johnson. they would right. snap defeat from the jaws of victory. Good teams don't do that. And I think, No matter what all these stats and numbers say, if they're trying, if they're finding ways to win football games and they're six and one, I think they're a legitimate contender. And I know we have all the years. Well, they haven't played anybody. They're playing who they play and they're winning games. So, yes, I think. And also at this point, we're almost in November. It isn't week one. It isn't week four. We're going to week eight Mm -hmm. and they're finding ways to win at the end of the day. That's all that matters when it comes right down to it.
0: Yep. So yes. and Canadians. I'm excited
1: about the Jets because of Robert Sala, and I loved covering Robert Sala, and I'm excited. he's
0: great, isn't he? He brings the heat. He brings the energy. There's no doubt. He's awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good stuff right now in New York with the uh, football teams that we have. I guess if people are going to really nitpick, New Jersey Jets and Giants, but you know what I'm talking about here. It
1: makes up for the two baseball teams that had disappointing ends to their season. That
0: is true. That something is
1: true. I know something about.
0: Yeah. Uh, home game for you this week in la correct yes. rams 49ers yes. no planes a, for you
1: no plane not only that no planes it's a home game and then they're on their bye week oh so perfect. i don't i don't think i'm going on a plane for like 10 days and normally during the season from sunday to sunday i'm on six to seven flights a week so this is going to be an epic 10
0: days for me oh my gosh wow that's so much altitude tracy geez we know the story with the Rams and the 49ers. Mm-hmm. The 49ers have owned the Rams of late 6 and 0 ATS in the last 6 games here for San Francisco. That's the one game that mattered most, but yeah. That's right. That's very <laughs> very true. I should like specify that's regular season 6 and 0 ATS. Mm-hmm. How do you see this playing out? I mean, the Rams are getting a point against the spread here this week. Listen, I just think the 49ers are way too good on the line of scrimmage. And this Rams offensive line is like Swiss cheese right now. Cam Akers, the whole situation there. But what say you, Tracy?
1: I've been struggling with this one. I've been thinking a lot about it. I'm struggling with this one. I mean, everything tells me that the 49ers should win this game. And oftentimes the 49ers just need a dose of the Rams to get them going again but they're they're kind of a mess i mean they're 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 really i mean they are they're kind of a mess so i think it depends which 49ers show up but you can't if jimmy Garoppolo and i love jimmy Garoppolo, but if jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw an interception in the red zone after a fumble that the friends recover at the five like they're not going to be winning football games so conventional wisdom and looking at the numbers and everything else tells me that the 49ers should win this game but I think it's going to be a little bit harder than people think. But I'll I'll go ahead and give them the win. Even though my gut says they're going into the buy three and five, I'm just going to go ahead and make them go into the buy four and four.
0: Let's manifest four and four. You know what I mean? Let's manifest. Why not? There you Let's go. let
1: manifest positivity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. We are entering the second half of the NFL season, basically. So I want to ask you, what's like the biggest general NFL storyline everybody out there should be tracking here as we enter this second half of the season
1: I think it's the Philadelphia Eagles okay I really do I think they they had a tremendous offseason um I think we're seeing Jalen Hurts really come into his own and I think it is I think it is the Philadelphia Eagles and I think there's a chance and I could be wrong and I may regret saying this in a couple months but that's okay it's October the road to the Super Bowl may just be going through Philadelphia, just as we all predicted.
0: Yeah, exactly. All the <laughs> prognosticators out there had that one covered. Uh, Tracy Sandler joining Lock It In with Cam Rogers. Before I let you go, Tracy, favorite Halloween candy? Gotta ask.
1: Uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups.
0: Yeah, those are elite. Those
1: I are mean, elite. whoever came up with the chocolate peanut butter combo is some sort of genius who should have invented all the things.
0: I know. It's great. Good candy for sure. M&Ms, by the way, I those up there as well peanut
1: uh, m&ms see yes. i have a theme going on here
0: yes big <laughs> time theme tracy sandler joining the show here tracy appreciate you coming on the program how can the people find you
1: they can find me on twitter at 49er fangirl on instagram instagram at tracy sandler and then you can find everything including the tracy sandler show and get my job at fgsn.com
0: she does fantastic work for believe we appreciate her being a part of the network and i appreciate you joining the show tracy absolutely thanks for having me All right, folks, coming up next, my week eight NFL predictions. Keep it right here. And welcome back to Lock It In with Cam Rogers. Thank you so much to Tracy Sandler for joining the show. Let's talk about my NFL week eight predictions. Coming off a brutal week, folks. Seven and seven straight up. That puts me at 60, 47, and one straight up this year against the spread 48 and 60, but I am feeling a turnaround week here, so let's get into it. Commanders and Colts. The Colts are favorites in this one minus two at home. The big storyline here is that Sam Ellinger will get the start at quarterback for the Colts. Matt Ryan has been downright awful, probably worse than Carson Wentz was for the Colts last year. So Ryan gets benched, and the Commanders, meanwhile, are coming off a win over the Green Bay Packers. Both of these teams are three and four ATS so far this year. Despite a pick six last week, Taylor Heineke was actually pretty effective at the quarterback position. I don't know what to expect from Ellinger here, and you would think that the Colts offense will take a step back here as Sam tries to figure it out. At the quarterback position here at the NFL level, I love the under in this game. And I think Washington's secondary will be the story here. Washington allows opposing quarterbacks to complete only 59% of their passes. That is the fifth best mark in the National Football League. So the commanders are the underdogs here. But still, I think they win this game outright, create some turnovers. And the Colts lose. Titans and Texans. The Texans are home dogs in this one slightly, plus one and a half. Houston is four and oh ATS in its last four versus the AFC South. Tennessee, one and seven ATS in its last eight against Houston. This seems like a really tough game to predict. Featuring two fantastic running backs, though, of course, one of them being a Hall of Famer in Derrick Henry, another who is just starting his career, Damian Pierce, playing fantastically so far this year. Houston has owned Tennessee against the spread 15-6-1 and one. ATS in their last 22 matchups here. I think the Texans stun the Titans outright. They get it done at home. Davis Mills played well last week against the Raiders. And these AFC South matchups always can be fluky and finicky. And I'm not going to give the Titans too much credit for beating the Colts because they might finish last in the AFC South. Give me the Texans to win this game outright. Broncos and Jaguars. The Jaguars are home favorites minus three. The Broncos may be the biggest disappointment in all of the AFC right now, and a big reason why is Russell Wilson. Obviously, injuries have been the story for him so far. Injuries at running back as well have not helped the situation here. The bright spot for the Broncos, this defense. They lead the NFL in opponent yards per play. They're also fifth in opponent third down conversion rate. First in opponent red zone scoring percentage really good across the board here. The Jaguars, meanwhile, have showed some promise at times, but they have sputtered lately. The Jaguars are one and seven ATS in their last eight games. It sounds like Russell Wilson is going to play in this one. So I do like the Broncos to win this game outright, particularly because of that defense and Russell Wilson coming back at the quarterback position. Cardinals and Vikings. The Vikings are home favorites, minus three and a half, coming off a bye week. The Cardinals are coming off a great defensive performance against the Saints on Thursday night football. Both teams are interesting, to say the least. Minnesota, not so good against the number two and four ATS. Also, 0-4 ATS versus the NFC. The addition of DeAndre Hopkins is what really intrigues me about the Cardinals here. This addition is massive for this team, obviously, in the passing game department, but actually big time and low-key in the run game department as well. Eno Benjamin rushed for 7.7 yards per carry last week, so DeAndre Hopkins adds that blocking element if you will i think that matters a lot in this game the vikings have a tendency to play down to their competition so i smell upset here cardinals oddly enough have been better on the road versus at home they win this game outright on the road against the vikings Dolphins and Lions. The Lions are home dogs plus three in this matchup. They have been a bad football team overall, but they do know how to cover six and one ATS in their past seven home games here. Tua could have had like a million interceptions in last week's game against the Steelers, but the Steelers kept dropping them. I would rather take the points if this number was like six or seven and a half for the Lions, but that's not the case. It's a shorter number. I think the Dolphins do cover here minus three. The Lions are 0 and 8 and 1 straight up in their last nine games against the AFC. So with that, Dolphins get it done minus three. It may not be pretty, but Dolphins cover. Chicago Bears, Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are laying nine and a half in this one. Credit to the Bears for a convincing win on the road against the Patriots. Meanwhile, the Cowboys had to scratch and claw to barely beat the Lions. So I really like the Bears in this one to cover this spread. Plus nine and a half. Cowboys win outright. I utilized a few strategies over at alloy to really figure this one out here and i think this number is just too big i think this could be really close to the end the cowboys showed me nothing last week that they can blow out an opponent so bears cover plus nine and a half but the cowboys do win outright steelers and eagles the eagles are laying ten and a half and this one in the battle of pennsylvania The Eagles return from their bye week and have the luxury of playing the worst offense in the National Football League in terms of yards per play, in particular. So I'm not going to overthink this one here. I think the Eagles cover minus 10 and a half, pick off Kenny Pickett a few times, and then move on to the next game. Raiders and Saints. The Saints are getting two at home in this one. New Orleans is. 2-5 2-5 and five ATS, Las Vegas is 3-5 and five ATS. The problem for the Saints isn't the offense, it's the defense, allowing 28.6 points per game, the second-worst mark in the NFL, although they are pretty good on the defensive side in terms of third-down conversion rate, fourth-best in the NFL. Meanwhile, the Raiders have found something on the offensive side josh jacobs has been amazing at the running back position so i think he is the reason why the raiders win this game but i think it's really close and so with that i will take the points for the saints at home plus two but the raiders do win this game outright panthers and falcons the falcons are laying four and a half in this one at home it is P.J. Walker season. The Panthers are coming off a victory over the Bucks, but I do think Carolina falls back to earth this week. Carolina is 4-10 ATS in its last 14 in Atlanta. Oh, and 5 ATS in its last 5 following a straight-up win. The Falcons are 6-1 ATS this season, one of the best marks in the league, so I do think the Falcons get this one done Falcons cover minus four and a half Patriots and jets. The jets are home dogs right now, plus one and a half. And I think the loss of Brees hall at the running back position is a big reason why he was that offense. And so for the jets without him, even though they traded for James Robinson, I think this team takes a step back. The jets are Oh, in five straight up in their last five games against the Patriots The Jets defense has been impressive, but I think this one does come down to turnovers and the Patriots defense forces more off of Zach Wilson Patriots cover minus one and a half. Giants taking on the Seahawks, the Seahawks are laying three in this one. The Giants are yet again road underdogs, despite only having one loss. That tells me that Vegas thinks it's time for them to lose, and I am in agreement. Seattle, 6-2 ATS in its last eight games at home versus teams above five hundred, And let's not underestimate the amount of travel for the Giants recently as well. Going from New York to Jacksonville to New York all the way to Seattle. Kenneth Walker III has been ultra impressive at the running back position. I think he is in for another big game And the Seahawks' cover, minus three. 49ers and Rams. The Rams are getting one point in this one, and the 49ers ran into a buzzsaw. That is the Chiefs last week. So, understandably, they did lose. Now it's the Rams, a team they have historically dominated 6-0 and ATS in their last six regular season games against the Rams. I've picked the Rams far too often in this series. I will not make that mistake again. Despite injuries, the 49ers are still the dominant team at the line of scrimmage here. I think that shows since 2017, by the way, Sean McVay, has only been a home underdog five times in his career going one and four ATS. 49ers cover minus one. Packers, Bills, the Bills are ten and a half point favorites on Sunday night football. The Packers look like frauds right now. They can't stop the run and they can't run the football. That's a bad combination. The Bills are ten one and one in their last 12 games against NFC opponents. That said, the Packers still have Aaron Rodgers. And this number is way too big for me. The Packers are not awful. They're okay. They're average. 17th in yards per play in the NFL, 12th in opponent yards per play. So I do like the Packers to hang around here, but the Bills do win outright. Packers cover plus 10 and a half. Bengals and Browns. On Monday Night Football, the Browns are getting three and a half in this one. Are the Bengals back? They just torched the Falcons last week and now have the luxury of playing Cleveland. The Bengals are 5-0 and ATS in their last five games. The Browns are 4-13 and ATS in their last 17 games against the AFC North. Both teams can't stop the run, so I do expect... A lot of points in this one. Interestingly, the Browns have won four straight outright against the Bengals. So, with that, I'll take the points. Browns cover plus three and a half, Bengals win outright, but this is a close game on Monday Night Football. There you go, my week eight NFL predictions right here on Lock It In. Plenty of more content to come. Keep it right here on the program. Coming up on the other side, my Butterfield Bermuda Championship best bets across the PGA Tour. Keep it right here. And welcome back to Lock It In with Cam Rogers as I wrap up the show with some PGA Tour conversation. The Butterfield Bermuda Championship, my best bets for this week. Denny McCarthy is the favorite at 16-1. to We head to port royal golf course par 71 6800 yards in 2019 we saw the winner of this event at 24 under par so i would expect a birdie fest here this week the field is not good which typically means opportunity for value down the board here so let's start with my outright pick for the Butterfield Bermuda Championship, Thomas Detry at 22-1 to get it done. He's been fantastic so far this fall. Top five in this field in birdies or better gained and strokes gained putting on Bermuda grass greens over the last 24 rounds. He's five for five worldwide with a T5 at the BMW PGA, T12 at the Fortinet, and a T9 at the Sanderson Farms. Also T-22 here last year. So Thomas Detry is my pick to win this week. Also a top 20 play for you, Chesson Hadley. Gained three strokes on approach at the Shriners. You like that statistic for sure. Played here in 2020 and was top 20 as well. Third in this field in strokes gained approach in the past 24 rounds. And his best putting performances have come on Bermuda grass greens. Of course, that's the case here this week. So Chesson Hadley for a top 20, along with Ryan Armour, who is just super accurate off the tee, has played well here before. So I like Ryan Armour for a top 20 this week as well. My best bets for the Butterfield Bermuda Championship and that wraps up Lock It In with Cam Rogers. Thank you so much for tuning into the program. Be sure to subscribe, share the show with all of your friends out there. And thank you so much once again. Cam Rogers with you. I will talk to you next week.